0: Merry Christmas from Leroy UMC, and welcome back to another one of our weekly podcasts. In Matthew's version of Jesus' birth, Mary and Joseph's future is dark and ominous. Joseph plans to divorce her, and she is confronted with a life of irredeemable shame and social death. But then, verse 21, God intervenes in a dream to rewrite Mary's, Joseph's, and our dark future. When Joseph wakes up, he and Mary embrace a second chance and that new future God has written for them. Like Scrooge is confronted by a terrifying future of loneliness and death, only to wake up, discover that that nightmare was all a dream and embrace a new lease on life and the new future that God has written for him. Let's send it over to Pastor Matthias.
1: Well, friends, this morning, uh, for Christmas morning, we are wrapping up uh, our worship series that we've been going through together, uh, following Charles Dickens' story, A Christmas Carol. We've been taking a look over the past few weeks at the story of Ebenezer Scrooge, um, the ghost of Christmas past, present, uh, and future, and lining that story up with the biblical Christmas story uh, and seeing what the two look like together uh, or what lessons they have in common. And as we wrap up this morning, we are taking a look at Matthew's version of the birth of Jesus from the Gospel of Matthew, Uh, Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Friends, listen now for the word of the Lord. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be pregnant from the Holy Spirit. For he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And when Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had given birth to a son. And he named him Jesus. All friends, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Friends, please pray with me. Christ, as you are the word that dwells among us, may you be the word in our lives this Christmas morning, and may you bless the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts that they might be acceptable in thy sight, Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Matthew did not care how Jesus Christ was born. I know that is a strange thing to say on Christmas morning after reading a passage written by Matthew about the birth of Jesus Christ, but all the same, Matthew, the gospel writer, could not have cared less about how Jesus Christ was born. Just think about that passage that we just read together. That is Matthew's account of Jesus' birth, the Christmas story. But how much of that passage is about the actual birth of Jesus? Less than one verse Verse 25, Mary and Joseph had no relations until she had given birth to a son and named him Jesus. That's it. No other details, no location, no time, no specifics whatsoever about the actual moment Jesus was born. It's from Luke's gospel that we get all the Christmas pageant details about the journey to Bethlehem, the Roman census, the inn, and the manger. Instead, Matthew in his gospel chooses to tell us about the actual birth of Jesus indirectly because the real focus of Matthew's Christmas story isn't Jesus. It's Mary and Joseph. And more importantly, it's the effect that Jesus' birth has on them. In other words, Matthew couldn't care less about the details of how Jesus Christ was born because what Matthew cares about is how that birth changes people, what it means to people, and what Jesus' birth meant to Mary and Joseph at first was terrifying. Mary and Joseph were engaged when Mary was found to be with child. To give that a little bit of context, in ancient Israel, engagement meant a lot more than it does today. When two people were engaged in ancient Israel, they were already considered husband and wife for all intents and purposes. They just weren't living together yet. And for Mary to be found with child during that time was unimaginably shameful. You didn't bounce back from something like that in the ancient world. It was a shame and honor culture that did not forgive disgrace. Verse 18, before they lived together, she was found to be pregnant, would have been the worst case scenario for Mary and Joseph. This news was going to devastate their families. It was going to affect Joseph's business prospects. It was going to end their plans for making a home together. It was going to end a lot of relationships they had with friends and family members who wouldn't want to associate with unclean sinners. As unusual as it may sound, the angels' news that Jesus was going to be born presented Mary and Joseph with a Christmas future that they expect to be dark, much like the Christmas future that Ebenezer Scrooge faced. After being reminded of the good and the bad in his past, after seeing God's work and God's blessings in the present, in the very last chapter of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, Ebenezer Scrooge meets the ghost of Christmas future, who comes to show him a future that is tragic. Scrooge is shown a future in which he eventually passes away, but the real tragedy, the real nightmare, is that because Scrooge had lived his life for himself, because he had chased after nothing but success and wealth all his life, his passing ultimately means nothing to anyone. Scrooge is shown a truly terrible future and a tragic ending to his story, but the thing is, it's a tragic future that is also predictable. It's what the audience expects— Again, Scrooge is an anti-hero. Given everything that Scrooge has done and everything that's happened to him, it's a tragic ending that makes sense. It's the logical way his story should go, but Scrooge can't bear it. Scrooge prays for grace, he falls down at the feet of the ghost of Christmas future and begs for another chance, and just when it seems as if his future has been set and his story has been finished, Scrooge suddenly wakes up to find that it has all been a dream, and to find that a new ending has been written for his story. Scrooge is given a second chance, his future is changed, and Scrooge is changed with it. Scrooge wakes up on Christmas morning and thanks God for it. Scrooge becomes, as Charles Dickens puts it, he becomes as merry as a schoolboy and as giddy as a drunken man. He runs out into the street and he buys a massive turkey to send to the Cratchit family. He finds a charity and he gives an immense donation to help the surplus population that he had once dismissed. He smiles, he laughs, he even finds a way to reach out and rebuild bridges he had burned a long time ago with the family that welcomes him back with open arms. He shares his time, his talents, his resources, he shares his life, and he is changed forever. The last words of the book tell us that for the rest of his days, it was always said of Scrooge that he knew how to keep Christmas well. That's the great twist ending to A Christmas Carol. And it's the thing that makes it such a classic story that we all love hearing every Christmas. A Christmas Carol is the story of someone who didn't get the predictably dark future that they expected, but of someone who discovered that sometimes God reaches out at Christmas to change us by changing the ending of our story. And that isn't just the unexpected ending of Scrooge's story, but that is the unexpected ending of Mary and Joseph's. After learning that she was pregnant Mary and Joseph's minds had been filled with all kinds of worst-case scenarios problems and unimaginable hardships that they now expected to be their future and just when Joseph had resolved to dis- to divorce Mary quietly and maybe save himself and her from that from just a little bit of that dark future that they expected That night, an angel comes to Joseph in a dream, like Scrooge, and tells Joseph not to be afraid. Not to be afraid of tomorrow, and not to be afraid to take Mary as his wife, because that dark future that Mary and Joseph expect is not final. The future is God's to write, and God is already writing a future they can't begin to imagine. That's the Christmas angel's message to Joseph, and the twist ending in Matthew's version of the Christmas story that no one in ancient Israel expected. Mary and Joseph may have thought that their future was set and may have expected a predictably dark tomorrow, but sometimes, sometimes Christmas is when God reaches out to change us by changing the future that we expect. And Joseph is changed. Joseph wakes up from his Christmas dream to find out that he has been given a new chance, a new lease on life. He wakes up knowing that the sadness and hopelessness that he had come to expect did not have to be his story. And it didn't have to be Mary's story either. God had written a different chapter for them. Like Scrooge on Christmas morning, Joseph is ecstatic. He goes out into the town. He tells his family that he is going to marry this woman. He is going to have a family because this is not a tragedy. This is a new start. He goes to Mary and tells her that they will be together, that their future may not be unfolding as they had planned. But that doesn't mean it wouldn't be a beautiful future. Joseph wakes up a different man because Joseph wakes up knowing that his future was not set, was not predictable, and was not the tragedy he thought it once was. And no, that didn't mean that their future was going to be perfect, Knowing that their story didn't have to be the tragedy they expected did not mean that there wouldn't be hard days and even some tragedies in Mary and Joseph's future. The fact, the fact that the light shines in the dark does not mean that the dark goes away completely. But what it does mean is that tomorrow is not Set. It means that the nightmares that we fear and the anxieties that we dread are not final, even if some come to pass. But above all, it means that no matter what our past or present may look like, and no matter what we may expect tomorrow, there is nothing that can keep our God from writing our next chapter. In other words, Mary and Joseph are changed when they realize that nothing can ever prevent God from replacing the tragic story we expect with the story of new life that we need. And 2,000 years later, that is what Christmas still means for us today. Christmas morning, this morning, means that the ending of the story, of our story, of your story, has been changed and that we can be changed with it. At Christmas, we celebrate the fact that God Almighty has reached out to turn a story that might have ended in fear and anxiety in grief and loss, in sin and despair, turned it into a story that ends on a note of hope, of new strength and new purpose, of new joy and new beginnings. Christmas means that whatever ending you may fear, that ending is not absolute is not final. Our our regrets, our past, our worries, our sins, our expectations, even death itself, none of it is final with our God. Because Christmas means that there is no story that cannot become a story of new life. There is no person who cannot find redemption And there is no future that our God cannot write. Christmas is when God steps in to change the way we expect our story to go and to change us with it. Because in the end, the story and we belong to God. And because Matthew is right. The most important part of the Christmas story isn't how Jesus was born. It's how Jesus' birth changes us. Matthew did not care how Jesus Christ was born. He didn't care about the specifics of when or where it happened or the details of how exactly it unfolded. Matthew doesn't focus on Jesus' birth and his Christmas story, but focuses on Mary and Joseph, on the dark future that they had come to expect, and on the new life that God ended up giving them instead, and on how that new lease on life changed them. Because in the end, the real focus of the Christmas story is how it changes our story. And the real question that this morning puts to us is how we will change with it. So, this Christmas morning, as we all open up our presents and sit around our Christmas trees as we see family, see friends, as we make our dinners and as we celebrate and enjoy this day and as we remember the Christmas story about the child who has been born to us, may we also remember our own story and how Christmas has changed it and changed us with it, because the story is God's story to write. And in our past, present, and above all, in our future, God can always write a better story than we expect. And thanks be to God for it. Amen. Friends, please pray with me. Christ Jesus, you are Emmanuel. You are God with us. You are God in our shoes, in our place, standing and sitting beside us. And so, Christ, I ask that this Christmas morning you might come and be with each one of us, with all of us in our homes, wherever we may be, Lord, come and sit beside our Christmas trees with us, sit at our tables, sit next to us and bring us the peace, the grace, and the hope that this season brings. And Lord, above all, this morning, may you not only fill us with joy and peace, but may you remind us that our story is your story, that there is no story. You cannot turn into a story of redemption and new life. There is no story you cannot transform and fill with grace. Lord, may you give us that knowledge and may you help us to see your grace and your hand at work in our past, in our present, and in the future that is to come. But Christ Jesus be with us this morning and all the mornings and all the days to come. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
0: Again, we want to thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you are blessed and that you are a blessing. Go in peace.